On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. From the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada, here's your host, Matt Robinson. Ah, nuts. I mean, um, ah, nuts. And Michaela Schreider. Woohoo! Beer, 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 bad, bad, bad! What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside episode 880 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. As the good lady said, my name is Matt Robinson. Hope you're all having a great week so far. Happy to be joined again after a, a week or so away. Um, yeah, there was supposed to be a bunch of stuff going on last week. Some of it happened, some of it didn't. Uh, but we're happy to have Michaela Schreider back on here. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, this has been the week of uh, canceling and then rescheduling and then canceling and then rescheduling. <laughs> there was a red blast game on a Tuesday. We are in the upside down, Matt. Nothing makes sense right now. Tuesday football just hits different, eh? It's it's yeah, <laughs> it, and it was fun. Like I, I actually went with a friend of mine. Uh, Josh didn't come to me with this one. A, a friend of mine uh, came out with me. She she had a baby about a year ago, so this was one of her first nights out w- without the baby and right. without her husband. So it was like mama's night out. And I think she had a great time and I had a great time and they won. So obviously Josh is never allowed to come back and, and Allie's got to come with me for every game now. So <laughs> uh, I want to ask you a little bit about where the Red Blacks stand right now, but um, you know where we always start. What are you sipping on today? <gasps> I am so excited today, Matt, because I have been talking about this for weeks and it took a while to set up, but we got it. We got the kegerator in the oh basement God, bar tapped and ready to go it's like freaking christmas morning here uh so i am i am drinking a freshly poured pint out of my own own kegerator Mm -hmm. and it is a standing stone ipa by crooked mile brewery here in almont hey nice so you stayed local i like that support local as they say um this is obviously when you buy a keg it's rarely something that you haven't tried before like you don't experiment with a beer with a keg right you're like that's a risky move yeah like i assume i'm gonna love 20 liters of this so here we go um why this one you know we we put it out there a little bit we've talked about it before what was going to be the first one why was this the uh the the optimal choice for the first run through the tap that's a good question because like to be honest with you we're probably going to go with more um I don't want to say generic, but like more milder yep. beers going forward, like Blondales and Pilsners and Lagers and stuff. Just because like when you have people over, you don't always know. An IPA, especially a, a British style IPA, like that's a, that's a strong flavor. Yes. And your non-beer drinking friends or your friends who who typically don't, you know, experiment too much with their beers are not going to be into it. So it was a bit of a risky move for us, but we we love Crooked Mile. Obviously, we live in Almont and, and we spend a lot of time at Crooked Mile. Back in the before times, I mean, they have their tap room set up now, but back when, you know, we could dine outside or inside comfortably and not have to wear masks and stuff. We basically planned our whole wedding in their tap room. Like we'd go pretty much every Saturday and Sunday afternoon and sit there planning our wedding and drinking beer. And the owner has always been very good to us. Um, Nick is just fantastic. So we have been going in to pick his brain about stuff and, and ask him about like kegerators and stuff. So we thought, you know what, like, He's earned this. We yeah, we sure. we have to we have to um, give him what he deserves here. So we we bought a, a keg of Standing Stone from him, and I regret nothing. It's it's one of my <laughs> favorite beers. Um, and we had we had some friends over to kind of help us christen it, and they they all love Standing Stone. So um, it worked out nicely. But it's uh, it's deadly because you lose track of the number yes. of beers that you have. <laughs> 
you don't have the cans no, to count. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and there's that moment, you know, on a Sunday morning or whatever, when you come back, you're like, oh, that's alarming. Like, even if you've cleaned up a little and you see how full your recycling is or something, yeah. you're like, okay. But it's just, it's still, it's just one pint glass now. Like, and, it, and I, exactly. I would find, like, I would, um, very rarely without the keg, if I was just getting up on a Tuesday night or whatever to make dinner, uh, you just go make dinner or whatever. But if the keg was full, well, I'll, I'll have a pint while I make dinner. It's right there. It's, Why not? It, yeah, exactly. And those are the sorts of things where even if you're not planning to like dial into it that night, you do find yourself having the more casual pint that maybe you wouldn't before. So that can be a little bit dangerous. I do agree with you, although I'm a little more selfish about it, I guess, um, that typically, you know, uh, an ale or a lager or something like that is more crowd friendly if you're planning to have like a crowd or whatever. Um, but over the last however long, and even beforehand, let's be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit selfish <laughs> about it. I'd still put a stout in there. I, I didn't care, right? Like if you're coming to Matt's house, that's, that's gonna what's going to be on tap, right? So, yeah. but you're totally right that often it's something with a little bit more of a golden color to it if you're going to try and please the crowd, right? When uh, when you're having people over, so. Especially in the beginning, like I think we will get to a point where, you know, maybe, I, I don't want to give a timeline because it's probably going to make me <laughs> sound like an alcoholic, but like after a couple of kegs and we go through a couple of like the more generic ones, yeah. I think we will get in, like I, I know we talked about putting Vimy Stout in yeah. there because I've had Vimy Stout from your kegerator yes. and it was very good. Yes, that's the one I most often end up going with. Uh, so I'm not against a stout and, and like most of our friends, like we have very few non-craft beer loving friends. So like it is, it is easy to get away with. And then it just means we'll have to invite people over strategically. There you go. <laughs> hand raising over here. That's, uh, exactly. Help, yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking today, Matt? So this is something new for me. I have never tried anything from these guys. This is from the new Ontario brewing company up in North Bay. And, uh, it's called, it's, it's a session IPA 5.1%. Uh, percent, and it's called clothing optional. And I, I <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Fun with words, right? And I, this is one of the things I was going to bring up. I've never tried this beer before. I don't want to rip on the brewery or whatever, because they are not the ones who have gotten me here. I'm kind of over the wordplay, right? There's a lot of this sort of optical illusion. And, oh, you know, yeah. Like, okay, okay. It doesn't mean the beer's bad. I'm not criticizing it. It just, I'm like, all right, like, I get it. Where <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we can do puns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I and maybe that's the thing. I'm just not a, a pun guy and lots of people are or whatever. So I'm not going to allow that to cloud my perception of the beer because like I said, I've never tried anything from the new Ontario Brewing Company up in, uh, up in North Bay, but clothing optional. This is their uh, 5.1 IPA. Everything about it on the can, on the description, everything seems to lend itself to the word subtle, right? So I'm not expecting anything particularly overpowering, but we'll see what they're bringing here. Love it. I am also, I, I know the, the, the hop specific puns are a little overdone because it's yep. always hop. Yep. It's always something hop. Yep. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Like I, if you gave me a hop pun tomorrow, I'd still laugh at it. Okay. All right. So you're the problem. I'm very easily. Right? I am totally the problem. I am 100% the problem. I'm the one who laughs at or doesn't always get dad jokes. So like, uh, it's I'm sorry. I'm the I, problem. I didn't mean to cut you off. Though. This, <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna say I'm 100% the problem. This is less subtle than I would have expected based on everything they told me to expect. Uh, it's got a little bit of, um, well, obviously hop uh, to it, um, but yeah. a little bit of a. A little bit of a bite, not a hard one or whatever, but um, yeah, it's got just a little bit more flavor. Everything that uh, that it said on Untapped and, and here on the can led me to believe, you know, maybe a little more subtle. Um, not the case. It's got a lot of flavor to it. I, right. I quite enjoy it. Uh, I like it. Shrides. I'm pissed off. Uh-oh. We just saw yet another, and we've talked about it before on this podcast, another round of slashes, whatever you call it in the sports media industry, this time across the Rogers network. Uh, the fan 590 in Toronto took a, a blast, uh, but it also impacted the, the sp um, sports net stations in Calgary and in Vancouver. And I just, I don't know what they're doing. And I, I want to tell the audience the whole reason this podcast exists, and I've sort of covered it before, I'm sure, is because 
growing up from like the time I was 11 or 12 years old, which is a little weird to already be into talk radio at that point. I loved the fan 590 in Toronto, right? I'm, I'm a GTA kid. That's where I grew up. Um, it was um, John Derringer and Pat Marsden in the morning. It was Landry and Mike Hogan from 9 to 12 on the Monsters of the Midday. Uh, loved that. It got kind of shitty from 12 to 1 when they brought on the ESPN. Um, you know, the, no local hosts. It would rotate through some college football talk or the fabulous sports babe or whatever else was going on. Uh, one to four, Gord Stellick and uh, Barb DiGiulio on the big show. And then four to seven, Bob McCown. That's what I grew up on. And for a long time, they ran a bunch of different combinations through. Not all those people stayed the whole time. But ever since Rogers took hold of this thing, they have bungled it time after time after time. And They've bungled it again. I, I don't know if you had a chance. I know you've had a very busy day, but Sportsnet PR put out a a release today on what the new schedule is going to look like. Did you have any chance at all to look at it? I saw a few tweets in passing. Uh, like I will literally search it right now, That's but I fine. did see a couple tweets in passing about their new lineup. So um, the lineup for me, the, the personalities aren't so much the problem as this new we're going to reinvent the wheel again, folks, which they've failed at every time. And, and from, from we're going to have like during basketball and hockey season from like noon to well, two to seven, it'll be just a basketball show here and just a hockey show here. And sorry, if the Blue Jays sign George Springer, we don't have, we only have puck heads on for the next three hours, you know, mm-hmm. hope we'll catch you tomorrow. Um, during baseball season, it's the opposite. If the Raptors were to pull off a huge trade during the summer, during that kind of three hour window, that's just baseball personalities. I guess you'll hear what the baseball personalities think about that trade, or you won't hear anything about it. This is ridiculous and maybe more frustrating than anything else is the fact that it cost a couple of very well-rounded Sports talk hosts, their jobs. First of all, Scott MacArthur, who I have nothing but respect for from when he worked at TSN 1050, when he worked up in Ottawa at, uh, it wasn't yet TSN 1200. It was I don't know, OSR or the team or whatever it was during his days. Mm-hmm. And then moved over to host the morning show on the Fan 590. That guy brings a unique insight. Uh, as far as baseball goes, maybe one of the most insightful minds in, in the Toronto market. And, you know, knows his stuff on the NFL, knows his stuff on hockey. That guy can bring you everything, and that's why he was such an ideal morning show host. Richard Deitch is the other guy who got canned. He used to be a guest, and one of my favorite guests, on Bob McCown's show, Primetime Sports. And about six months after he moved his family across the border and resettled in another country on Bob McCown's, you know, advice to become like a permanent co-host, they fired Bob McCown. So Richard Deitch all of a sudden is stuck in limbo, not quite what he signed up for. And he ended up putting together a pretty nice show with Jeff Blair in the afternoon. And now they reshuffle the deck again and Richard Deitch is out. And I don't know what that's going to mean for him. He's now living in another country that he's resettled. Like I said, his kids, everything has embraced Canada very nicely. Um, Was tweeting quite a bit like about, you know, this being his first federal election, I believe, living up here. Um, and how different it was than what he was used to being from New York. And this is like, these are both just brilliant, insightful guys. And to cut them loose, to go with this weird blocked sport by sport, uh, new model of this, there's going to be a show and this is not at all to rain on this guy. Uh, Jeff Merrick is going to host a show from 12 to two. It's going to go nationwide. We've tried that. People hate it. People in Vancouver and Calgary don't want to hear what Toronto thinks about uh, the whole world. That's got nothing to do with Jeff. It's just a bad business model. It's just a bad way to run a show. And I just, I don't know. I, you know, I know you haven't had quite as much of a chance and I'm kind of springing this on you at the last minute, but we've talked about the, the, the sports media business in this country shrinking before I can't tell yet if I just can't get my head around the personal side of it for the people who've been cut loose here or if I'm more fired up about how bad they're bungling this. But Scotty Mack, we all know what he did a couple years ago in terms of coming out and becoming the first like openly gay 
um, sports media personality in Canada. Um, but beyond that, just like a hell of a guy. I remember he the week we had uh, the Cray Cup in Ottawa, we tried to line up guests for every night to come into the TCA studio, which was a room in my condo at the time. Uh, it still is, but it's a nicer room now. Um, and he came for no reason. He had no idea who we were, showed up, had a couple pints. In fact, halfway through the first show, he had to interrupt and go, I didn't come out here for just one beer, eh? Like, so <laughs> it's time for another one. Like, let's, re- let's pause and refill. But he came out for no reason other than to just help somebody out. And he stayed in contact. He's been extremely supportive. Scotty Mack is one of the, like, forget how great of a broadcaster he is. He's just one of those guys. And he didn't deserve this, right? Again, he's, Richard Deitch jumped across an international border. Scott MacArthur kind of did the same going from TSN to Sportsnet. Like, it was a big move, big. And I, I just, every time I see this, it, man, it makes me sick to my stomach a little bit to see how, how they churn through this. Yeah, I mean, media is a fickle business, and uh, it can be heartless. And as an employee of Bell Media, let me just say, I absolutely disagree that <laughs> Rogers has made. I absolutely agree that Rogers has made a terrible decision, as always. Um, <laughs> in in regards to Scott MacArthur specifically, I hope I and I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about Richard Deitch, yeah. so maybe this is the same. Uh, maybe the same could be said. But just with the way that TSN and Sportsnet tend to swap personalities, look at Chris Johnson kind of thing, I feel like TSN will pick Scott MacArthur back up for sure. I hope so, too. Like, he's so freaking good. And it's important to have diversity of Mm -hmm. not just race and genders, but also sexual orientation, especially in sports, because Lord knows the LGBTQ plus community does not have proper representation in sports. And any opportunity that you have to to create Especially more when representation, great. like you said, like it's he's, not, he's also no great way, at his yeah, job. <laughs> you can't just point a finger and say like so many people would like to, right? Like uh, whatever term you want to call it. No, he's genuinely good at his job. Plus, yep. he's gay. Like that's the he's not there because he's gay. He's there because he's great. Exactly. And, and speaking of representation, I mean, I can't help but notice. And and Bonk's mullet pointed this out on Twitter. This new lineup includes one woman, yeah, an yep. Eilish forefar, and you know. Awesome. Awesome sure. that she's in the morning show. But this is what they do. This it's is 2021. Ash, this is Ashley like, talking, <laughs> right? They bring in people who are making a great name for themselves online, squeeze every piece of, like, see if you can bring in that internet. Because I believe she's from uh, Yahoo originally, or not originally, but like most recently, she's been doing some work there. And they have some other people. They've done the same. See if we can bring in that that model or that group and squeeze everything you can out of them and then pitch them as soon as they start to get good or expensive right like it's just brutal oh yeah and, and again like media man it's a, especially sports media it is a heartless george heartless burns was place. right showbiz is a horrible bitch goddess <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's true man and like you know we, we go through this every year and what what i don't like about the the big changes that we see right heading into the the new season is like I don't know. I've, I've I never liked the way that Sportsnet went about. Again, as a completely unbiased Bell Media employee, <laughs> um, I never liked the way they went about the Hockey Night in Canada no. situation. When they made all these big changes, they brought in Jordan Strabalopoulos. They made it look like they were going in a certain direction, and then they completely caved right. to fan pressure. And you know, there have been times where caving to fan pressure was good, like mm-hmm. when they finally got rid of Don Cherry, mm-hmm. but. I, I every time I see big changes like this, I, I kind of think to myself, "How committed are you?" Right. Because you've you've changed your mind quite staunchly before, and after after changing people's livelihoods and and making them commit to something long term, and again, like the the lack of diversity is is kind of what's yeah getting me here. And I have nothing against these people. All I, from what I'm going through the list, like I love Jeff Merrick, sure. love Jeff Merrick, yep. I love Stephen Brunt. Yep. Um, I've got nothing against any of these folks. Um, and it's, it's just like one woman really. And, and Mm -hmm. no commitment to covering women's sports by the looks of this. I see, uh, MLB, I see Jays, I see NHL, I see NHL, I see NBA. I'm not an NFL guy. When are they going to talk about the NFL? Like, I know your point is totally well-founded on the women's sports thing. You've talked about, this is the biggest league in the world and you've carved out no, 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 we got like seven hours of leaf talk on Tuesday afternoon or whatever. Like, what, like, what happens if that George Springer signs under this model? You're in the middle of hockey and basketball talk. 
there's nothing here. There's, and it happened to Ashley Docking already, who was building a beautiful, like, online career for herself and was doing a wonderful job. And they brought her in to be part of the morning show with Scott MacArthur and Mike Zygamanis. And all of a sudden, after a few months, there was like no announcement, no nothing. Just one morning, Ashley Docking wasn't there anymore. And after a couple weeks of silence, whether that was contractual, whether that was her own choice, I have no idea. She pops up on Twitter and like, yeah, just to state the audience or state the obvious, I'm not there anymore. And then like last Friday or the Friday before, Mike Zygamanis, who has remained with Scott MacArthur, tweets out, tomorrow will be my last day on the Fan 590. You're like, oh, because I'll be honest, just because of some relationships I have, I know some people, there'd been some weird whispers rolling around that big things were coming around Rogers. And I was sort of like, I guess that's what they meant. Like Mike Zygamanis is out on the morning show and they'll search around and look for somebody new to be with Scotty Mack. And then a day or two later, I got a text. I was like, that's not it. There's more. And then this happened. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's just going to be a shuffle. I don't know if it's going to be people getting let go or not. Apparently, before the hockey season starts, you're going to see major turnover on the Hockey Night in Canada um, and, and just the hockey broadcast on TV side of things as well. I hope that's just a shuffle and not another purge, right? Um, but we don't know. And and you're just, you're seeing them, I, I guess I'm so fired up because, like I said, I grew up on the Fan 590. I loved it. It was an institution. It was the first sports radio station in Canada. And I just feel like it's being bungled and, and they're bringing in people that Rogers less than two years ago told you aren't any good anymore, but we're going back to the well and we're, you know, I, I just, it, it, it bums me out to see that it's going this way, especially for two broadcasters as good as, uh, as Scotty Mack and Richard Deitch. So, um, like I said, I understand there's some bias there. Um, I've never met or spoken to, well, we've traded a couple texts but not because we know each other, just, you know, basically about the industry uh, with Richard Deitch. Scotty Mack helped us out a great deal, was willing to come in and, and do some things. I hope both those guys land on their feet, um, but I'm fired up about this. And, and like you said, there's no representation here. There's no, like there was just nothing. There was just, there was just churn for the sake of churn. And that's sort of what the industry's become. I guess before we move off of this, what do you think of, Man, it's been a busy couple weeks for Chris Johnston. Left uh, left Sportsnet, was one of their big insiders, had a prominent spot beside Elliot Friedman on the Hockey Night in Canada slot as well. Everybody who listens to this show knows that for me, that second intermission on Saturday night was can't miss television. Uh, he leaves, says he's going to be writing for the Toronto Star, then fires up a podcast called the Chris, Don- Chris Johnston Show with Julian McKenzie. I've caught the first two episodes of that. It's awesome. And then out of nowhere on Monday, Darren Dreger just tweets, uh, by the way, Big free agent signing. Chris Johnston is now part of Insider Trading. He'll be on That's Hockey and on SportsCenter. Doesn't say that he's going to be on any of their actual game broadcasts, so maybe that's a contractual thing or it's not something he wants to do anymore. I'm not sure. I'm sure you'll see him on Trade Center and things like that. That's a big guy, a big name crossing the uh, crossing the aisle. Oh, big time. Yeah, and, and uh, man, it, it the way that I, I listened to the Steve Dangle podcast where Chris Johnson was on co- announcing the, the new podcast and he talked about, you know, his decision to leave sports. And it seemed, at least it seemed like, you know, it was all his decision and, and he made, he yep. made the move himself. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see someone go from, I mean, Sportsnet does a lot of great things with multimedia, but they're mm-hmm. definitely moving in that direction. Right. And then, you know, one of the most prominent names in sports goes to a print newspaper, Yep. which I just, I found really funny, but he, he did say something along the lines of like, there's a lot to come with the, the Toronto star in terms of what they're launching. Yeah. And it you had see, been a personal dream. Like, I guess he grew up reading it with his mom and stuff. Yeah. Like, everyone so has their own sense. motivations, right? And, you may, may as well enjoy it while you still can. <laughs> um, you know, in, a, in an age where everyone ha- releases an article explaining why they left to go to the athletic. That's right. It, uh, why <laughs> I'm joining the Toronto see, Star. <laughs> yeah, like it's just interesting to see someone make a, a different decision and, and good for him. He's, he's a fantastic, I've always loved his, he's, his he's writing. very good, yeah. And, and uh, I'm really excited to read more about it. And, mm-hmm. and I haven't listened to the first episode of the Chris Johnson podcast, but I do have it downloaded. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening oh, to that. two so. now, you're going to have to get caught up. Oh my We're god! Deep. So much. I know. How is it almost the NHL season? By the way, yeah. For like Friday is October first. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a bit much. Um, do you think like I, I got to think that Sportsnet? You know, when it first came out, and maybe we talked about this. It um, 
it said my writing is going to appear at the Toronto Star. And so for a couple hours, I was like, oh, okay. Like he'll stu- still do Hockey Night in Canada. And his writing, instead of being at sportsnet.ca, would be at the Star. And it was like, Sportsnet put out this tweet that was like, we wish you well. And you're like, oh, like, no, he's actually gone. Um, I got to tell you, there's, I can't imagine how they just let him walk across the aisle and appear on there. Whether they didn't know what the contractual thing was. I have a feeling like they were probably fine with letting him leave to go right for the star. But when they saw him on insider trading on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day it was, I bet you someone got called to the call to the, the the red carpet or whatever at sports and go, why did like our top insider just land at our biggest competitor? Especially when Bob McKenzie is kind of winding things down. He Chris Johnston drops in there as a very nice replacement for insiders. Uh, you know, insider trading, trade deadline, around the draft, all these sorts of things. He's going to fit in there very nicely. I can't imagine Sportsnet. Like, how is there no non-compete? Nothing. Like, just whatever. Off he goes. Well, I think his contract was up, was it not? I, and does a non-compete yes. clause apply when you're con- – like, sometimes, I'm sure it can't. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes they'll have, like, you can't – um, you can't go in and work for a competitor six months after you leave, but that's normally when you break the contract. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know if, if it just like, Hey, his contract was up and he's like, hey, I don't really feel yeah, like, you know, loss, I want to do right? some different. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, and again, like we see this constantly. TSN takes Chris Cuthbert and then no, sorry. Uh, right, Sportsnet right, so. takes Chris yeah. Cuthbert and then TSN takes Chris Johnson. Like it's right. the, the back and forth changing of the Chris's, I guess. <laughs> All right. I like that. Um, You've been keeping an eye on, as uh, will shock nobody, the WNBA playoffs. A lot going on there. Things are getting deep. What's caught your eye here? Because it's in full swing now. And I'm just curious, like, are you getting any sleep? Or is it basically just like 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. basketball at this point at your house? Well, what caught my eye on Sunday, which was lovely because it was an afternoon of WNBA uh, playoff games. And and we talked about this on the show last week, but it was the second round and the second round is still single game elimination, which we absolutely need to change because a single game of Sue Bird versus Diana Taurasi is just, (laughs) that's a travesty. Not enough. Um, And that was quite possibly, and what the media are now making the main storyline is it was quite possibly Sue Bird's last game, which still not ready to really address mentally. Um, (laughs) But there was this awesome moment with uh, with Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, which I really appreciate the broadcast that I was watching cutting away at the last second before. Mm. Um, I I just need to highlight this. I won't say what network, um, but... Right as Holly Rowe was about to interview Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, two of the greatest players of all time, in oh, what no. could be the last matchup we ever see. Oh, no. This is an iconic interview. Oh, Literally, no. before the first syllable exits Holly Rowe's mouth, we switch over to the next game, which was the next WNBA game mm-hmm. in Minnesota versus Chicago, and I appreciate that. Still. But for the love of God, <laughs> what? Who was, who was the technical director here who made this decision? I just want to talk. Um, <laughs> thankfully, the internet exists, and I was able to find it right afterwards, watch it on repeat and cry by myself. Um but they, you know, they had this amazing moment where they swapped jerseys and the fans were chanting one more year and, and Sue was about to cry and I'm just, I can't I get into it. Um, so that's mainly what caught my eye and why I'm going to therapy. Um, but it, it's, it's been amazing. The, the basketball has just been fantastic, fan freaking tastic so far. Um, you know, what was really surprising. So we're into the semifinals now, and this is where we finally get, uh, some series, uh, out of it. They're, they're five game series. Um, so Connecticut versus Chicago, Connecticut is, was on fire heading into the playoffs. They were on like a 14 game winning streak. The only game they had lost was the commissioner's cup to Seattle, which is technically not a regular season game. So when you factor for that, they haven't lost a game since I believe July 5th. So mm-hmm. it's just insane. Yeah. The run that they were on and they're facing the six seeds. Connecticut's number one, obviously they're facing the six seed in Chicago and Chicago beat them in game one which is kind of interesting. And then you got Phoenix and, and Las Vegas. Obviously, Las Vegas is the top seed. It's in the number two. Phoenix had to go through the first round and the second round. They eliminated um, the New York Liberty and then the Seattle Storm. 
and now they're they're on to Vegas and Vegas is up one nothing but you know you never really can. The, the x factor with Phoenix is the fact that Diana Taurasi is hurt she came back for the Seattle game but she was very obviously playing through injury still able to put up 16 points right. so that's cool um but like you know uh, even an injured diana tarasi is dangerous as hell so it's it's you know it's diana tarasi versus asia wilson here and uh, among others but there's there's a lot of interesting storylines there so there's just been some great basketball and like like some really really pivotal moments and and you know now that seattle's out of it my eyes pretty much on chicago and phoenix um not that i think they're necessarily going to be in the finals everyone's got their money on connecticut and las vegas but i just i just can't stop watching candace parker and um courtney vandersloot courtney vandersloot put up a, a i believe a triple double in game one and i think it was like the second time in history that that's happened or something like that it was either a triple double or a double double um i think it was a triple um so like that you know she she in and of herself has has, has had an in, incredible uh, playoff so far but you know Candace Parker man like <laughs> you, you you can't you, you can't bet against her um the, the Chicago sky just have so much potential so they're, they're kind of who I'm keeping my eye on is it too soon and maybe you just answered the question by mentioning uh Candace Parker there is it too soon to ask in case Sue Bird is stepping away who Michaela's new favorite might become. Are we, are we ready to address this? No. No. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it just made me sad thinking of that prospect. Um, no, Sue, like, and it was a triple double for, for Courtney Vandersloot, by the way. Uh, Sue Bird is, is my goat, and, and my she's the reason I, I watched the WNBA. She's why I got into it. I'm so glad that I made the decision last year around i believe it was around this time last year in the wnba bubble um i actively chose to watch way more wnba than any other sport i think mm-hmm. i actually like stopped watching i think it overlapped with the nhl draft which was in october last year if i'm not mistaken yep. correct yep. yeah so that same night the storm won the championship and i opted to like, i watched tim stutzla um you chose Wait. to watch sports instead of watching people talk about future sports. Exactly. I think it was the good. Tim Stutzla draft. That I, yes. Am I? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I, I watched to number three, watched the Sens take Tim Stutzla, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, peace out. <laughs> it, it is Sue Bird time, and I got to watch her win a championship. My goal this year was to see her play live. I thought maybe yeah. I'd be able to make yeah. a little weekend trip to Seattle for September. Didn't happen. Um, so now I need her to come back for one more year. Right so that I can do that. And, you know, I'm not even really convinced she's going to retire. I think this is really just the first time she's actively thinking about it. And, you know, maybe, maybe she's one of those athletes who, you know, the moment you're thinking about it, it's over. So you may as well hang them up. But like, she still drained the tying three that sent them to overtime. Right. In the final seconds of the game. So like, you know, to say she's not contributing. No, <laughs> and she's not she's impactful. Still got it. Yeah, she's still got it. We you know, and and you know, she's got to work out some stuff of whether or not she wants to put her body through all that to get game ready. But like, even if she took like a extreme diminished role next year, I think she could still be impactful on this team. So I really hope she doesn't hang him up, and I hope we get one more year of Sue Bird. But uh, I'm not ready to answer that question. All right, uh, we will check back down the road and see how you're holding up emotionally <laughs> once we get an official it announcement. Be much on Stuford. Um, you were down. We referenced there off the top of the show some rare Tuesday night football in the CFL. Uh, odd, but welcome. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I was flipping between that and the Blue Jays, but given the time of year and everything that was going on, the Blue Jays was my number one uh, on Tuesday night. But the Red Blacks do, uh, thank you to Edmonton, uh, put up another victory on the back of a brand new quarterback and Devontae Deadman, who was deadly again. I, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I've, yeah, I know. I talked myself into a bit of a corner there, and here we are. You were down at the game. Um, look, they, it's been an awful season so far. Uh, they have had quarterback issues. I remember the first time that Dominique Davis got in, we all got really excited and went, okay, like maybe he can do it. And then he didn't do it. Uh, then he and Matt Nichols both get hurt. We end up with Ottawa's three and four quarterbacks going into uh, Tuesday night's game 
uh, dressed, which Dave Naylor said on TSN. He's like, I don't think I've ever seen this before in pro football where you have two guys that have never, you know, had to play at this level um, that are going to start. They also have another guy, uh, and his name is Duck Dodges. What's his real first name? Uh, Devlin. Devlin. Um, he's been taking reps as well. Obviously, they brought him in for a reason. What did you make of the Tuesday night game? Have they found the quarterback they're going to ride with, or is this just us getting overexcited again based on one win? What would you think of this whole thing? Listen, Caleb Evans is the best quarterback uh-huh. in the CFL right now. Stop everything. The Red Blacks have turned it around. Nobody no... plays Tuesday night football like Caleb Evans. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody. I mean, I didn't know what to make of it because first things first, they score on the opening drive, which I don't believe what? we've seen that yet yeah. this year. It was not sure what happened there. Then they force a turnover and score on the next drive because they, they ended up with a turnover at like the 20 yard line or something like that. So great field position. So they're up 14 nothing. In the first, I want to say, six or seven minutes. And I I was genuinely confused. I didn't know what to do with this. I mean, Caleb Evans had a great game. Yeah. Um, you know, three three touchdowns, only 191 yards. So, like, statistically, it, it doesn't look, you know, crazy. Um, but he also, for himself, he rushed for 59 yards. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Yep. And he drove the field really well. And and I said this in, in the Mushuar podcast this week, but you know, it, it, quarterbacks are kind of like goalies in that when a new one comes in that no one has game film on, they tend to ride a little bit of a hot streak. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm, I'm thinking this is a little bit of that. No, Edmonton didn't know what to do with with Caleb Evans. They were dealing with their own backup quarterback coming in and taking Taylor <laughs> yes. Cornelius um, because Andrew uh, Trevor Harris is on not on the injured list anymore, but not traveling with a team. Right. So um, they're kind of dealing with their own situation. And I just don't think they had they they didn't have the the ability to prep on on Caleb Evans because he's never played pro football. Yeah. <laughs> so like you're going back to college and and university <laughs> and high school film. Like good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, you know, do you, th- I, I got to assume, and, and, you know, maybe you've had a, a, a closer eye on this. I'm sure you have that, than I did. I'm sure they brought in uh, the duck thinking there's your, this is who's going to have to start until you get, you know, healthy again. And um, obviously the injuries s- sped that up, but he had to quarantine. He had to learn the playbook, which is not easy for a quarterback. Um, does this, change their plans at all do you think or do you disagree just on principle that that was ever the plan that he was going to be the new starter or you know are they going to now give Caleb Evans a little room to run here that's a good question um I mean like they they signed Devlin Hodges to a three-year contract so so obviously there's some a little bit of long-term investment here where like they they don't think he's just going to fill out the year and like this is a tryout like they want him here for a while Mm -hmm. Um, they want to see some what he games can do. for Pittsburgh, I believe it was down in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and he was actually quite good yep. and, um, and Pittsburgh fans liked him. And, you know, I, I think that they want to give, is it fair? You, you bring in a quarterback, you want him to kind of be the guy of the future. Is it fair to throw him in right now right. with everything that's going on? Let uh, what I kind of theorized this week, and I think might still be true. Let's see what Caleb Evans can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as, is it, Travis Christian it's Christian I can't remember his his first name um my brain is apparently turned off but let's you know these two backup kind of new rookie quarterbacks let's see what they can do let's see if they can generate some momentum and then you move Devlin in and and he is coming in at a better time that's not oh you haven't lost since week one uh or you haven't won since week one let's uh you know good luck um so i think caleb evans is kind of able to help with that and then like jesus he's already on the right track he got them a win that was the freaking job and everyone's just so in it like one win is all it takes to make this fan base or any fan base go all right let's see what happens (laughs) maybe it's not so bad 10 games left don't we please say we have more please for the love of god Um, yeah, it, it's been a rough season and, uh, you know, it, it was fun and, and just to watch the things that, especially over the last two weeks, but really all season, he's been pretty good, but Devontae Dedman, you know, again, 
you know, just electric, right? He, he scores on the, the return, but also has had some big returns just in general. He's been, at least while you're getting your head kicked in, he's at least been entertaining to watch. And then, you know, on a night where you're not getting your head kicked in, uh, he's still doing his thing. So that's been fun, too. We only got a few minutes left, so I want to ask you if anything in particular... Oh, I can't believe I've almost forgot. We're going to jump to the NHL. I want to talk about what happened over in the Ukraine, um, the Ukrainian Hockey League, and I'm sure by now everybody's seen it. Uh, I don't even want to mention the guy's name who did it because he's just walking garbage. Um, but a play in the uh, a player in the Ukrainian Hockey League, um, you know, a, makes a, a racist gesture to. Um, you know, a, a black player on the opposing team where he essentially gestures peeling a banana and eating it. And as we sit here today recording on Wednesday, um, the, the Ukrainian Hockey League has come down and said, it's a three-game suspension for sure, and then either another 10 games, or I don't know what the... Uh, what the dollar is called in the Ukraine, but it's the equivalent to about 2,800 bucks Canadian would buy him out of another 10 games of suspension. So it's either three games plus 10 or three games plus 2,800 Canadian goddamn dollars. Um, Jalen Smerik, I believe is how you pronounce the victim's name. Uh, he had to already taken a leave of abs and goes, I'm not going to play anymore till I see what this looks like. I I was stunned. I don't know about you, and maybe I shouldn't have been. The way the hockey community rallied around this and said, um, this is despicable, this guy needs to be thrown out of the league or banned for the season or whatever it looks like, when they came down on Wednesday morning and said, yeah, it's three games and then either 10 more games or 2,800 bucks, I, I was legitimately shocked. Um, I, I don't know what Jalen will do now. I would hope that some other organization in some other league, he played in the AHL as recently as last year, so there's somewhere for this guy to play, would offer him, get, get the fuck out of there, right? This league is worthless, you know, beat it. There's still hope, I guess, that the IIHF could down come down heavier and say, um, you know, that's not enough, and not only could you punish the player, they could also sanction the league, which Elliot Friedman pointed out in a brief piece that he put up today saying, yeah, you know what? We don't like that. You, there's sanctions here or your road to qualifying for the Olympics is harder here or whatever. They can also make a stand, which at time of recording, they haven't. But what do you make of this mess? I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that yet again, there is a blatant and disgusting display of racism in the sport of hockey. And yet again, the person is not appropriately punished because everyone was talking and I, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, like the yesterday's episode this morning, before, right after we found out what the actual punishment was, which is nowhere near enough. Right. Um, and they were saying, oh, they're, they're going to throw the hammer at this guy. They have to, right? Like, like let's, let's finally set an example. Let's finally show that this is not okay. And, and punishment is not the only way that we should be doing this, but it's certainly when an opportunity arises to, to make an example of someone, you have to take it right now. You yeah. just have to, it's the only way this is going to stop. And this is what they do. Really? I, I don't know what the process is, but good Lord, I hope the IIHF can step in and say, mm, yeah, that we're going to do something yeah. a little more uh, here. Um, Cause this is like Donovan Bennett made a good point on Twitter. He, he shared the original video and, he said, like, the ease with which this person does the yep. gesture is what's really Pretty concerning. Pretty comfortable like, with it. And and his statement where he basically excused it because of the emotions of hockey, yeah. get He issued an apology here, man. that was not an apology at all. Just, well, no. you know, sometimes hockey gets, fuck off. Hockey gets to a exactly. point where you fake gesturing a, peeling a banana. Get the fuck out of here. Like, no, no, get out of here with that. I'm not, I'm not here for it. Um, and... Like the, the the thing with that is also so so what you're saying is that you are inherently racist because when you when you're at the height of your emotion you're mm -hmm. you're you're going to do things that kind of come most naturally to you. You are who you are under fire. Is, exactly. Yeah. And you just showed that you That's are a you are. racist piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and like we already know there this in any other environment should be punishable in to the highest degree. But we already know that there is a problem in hockey here. 
And you are not only missing an opportunity to try and take a step in the right direction, you are blatantly excusing it. And you are showing that if you do, you're telling young kids, if you do something like this, you'll get a slap on the wrist and then you'll be okay. That's what it looks like. And look, it's the Ukrainian hockey. I'll be honest with you. Beginning of the week, I did not know there was a Ukrainian hockey league. So (laughs) this guy that obviously the league stinks. They have no real interest in cleaning this up or whatever, but the guy playing there, um, who did this, whatever, do whatever you want with him. He can, he should be punished more. The Ukrainian hockey league should be punished for this by the IIHF. All of these things should happen, but someone look somewhere for Jalen Smerich. There's a job in the Finnish league or the Swedish league or the Swiss league or the AHL again, or whatever. Get him the fuck out of there. Like, yeah, and and there is talk. Friedman did say there are organizations looking to try and make some sort of transfer happen or whatever. Because not it should not be on this guy. Um, first of all, while he is, and again, as Friedman said, while he is on leave, while he has taken this time, he should be paid for that because this is not his fault. And now that he's seen how little his league cares, he should get the hell out of there. And someone should help him do that and let the Ukrainian league rock. Uh, rot in you know silence uh, let them go back to me not knowing they exist if this is how they're going to treat this right I... and that's kind of like you know we talk about how the the punishment after the fact is only going to get you so far because we what we really need to do is is address the source yeah. and if we're going to change hockey culture we have to address the cause of these actions and and that's that's a much wider and more of complicated course, yeah. problem but I do think that a, an important step in that is making the leagues and the teams mm-hmm. suffer, not just the players. Punish the player who did, who did this, course. absolutely. But also punish the team who's not really punishing him. Punish right. the league who's not really punishing yeah. him. Well, and that was one and, thing that Chris Johnston said on his podcast was, again, assuming they were going to throw the book at him, which they have not, that after that's over, the team doesn't want him back. No one else in the league wants him back. No one like the the industry can make a stance. Go no, we don't. Have, we don't have a fucking spot for you, you piece of shit. Right? Like yeah, uh, that would be the real the the real true yes step in the right direction yep. would be this guy never working in hockey ever again. And unfortunately, I truly don't believe that will happen. No, not a um, three game slap on the wrist. No, and and there's going to be if if it's not this league or this team, there's going to be some yep. shitty league and team somewhere else who's going to give him a job. Um, because we've, we still see that in the NHL, Tony D'Angelo still has a contract for God's sakes. Like, you know, this, this is not a, but, but if, if there were ever to be a, uh, you know, change, it would be making it so that someone who does something like this does not work in the sport again. And I don't want to hear this like cancel culture bullshit. This is not cancel culture. This is consequence culture. He did something freaking horrible he is not remorseful in any way shape or no. form and it clearly wasn't the first time he's done something like this Obviously. you know like it just didn't look like it like he didn't he, he knew full well what he was doing it was a very blatant gesture it was one that was you know it doesn't i don't even like to say it like like a word slips out of your mouth because if it slips out of your mouth well then it's probably part of your active yep. vocabulary but he like he made, he took actions. He used muscles for this. Like it's just so unbelievably gross. And if, if there were ever to be a time I'm, I'm all for people getting second chances Mm -hmm. and, and learning from their mistakes, if they show the receipts and actually learn from them, um, there is nothing to indicate that this man is going to do that. And therefore it was very much consequence culture. It was very much that, I'm sorry if anyone by was offended by that extremely offensive thing I did instead of yeah, actually this may be construed as racist. Like right. I, what was it meant to be construed as you normally gesture banana peeling at the rest of your opponents? No, just this no. guy. Why is that? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. Right. Like, yeah. And I also think it's important to, to point out because there were a few people kind of excusing this by saying, well, you know, Europe is different and Europe is racist, more racist than, than here. Like let's remind everybody that Wade Simmons got a banana thrown at him in an exhibition game under 10 years ago in London, Ontario. The shit happens here too. And And it's not, it might be worse in Eastern Europe. Doesn't mean that's okay. Like that means we need to clean that up too. So no, it, it, it exists here too. And it's, it's a problem with the sport and the culture. Um, we're not, and, and I'm not disagreeing that, you know, there are, 
racism problems in Europe. There are also racism yep. problems here. Yep. But this is a this is really a conversation about hockey itself and and why this needs to this needs to change. Um, and and here here is yet another example of it not doing so. <laughs> totally it just agree. Sucks. Yeah, uh, we'll wind it down on that pleasant note, I suppose. Unless there was anything. I do else have a more pleasant note. Oh, good. Just to, just to uh, wrap Thank it up God. on, um, and I'm gonna have to pull it up here because it's in my email. But uh, so uh, a couple weeks ago, it was announced that Team Canada's uh, well, Canada's women's soccer team was going to be doing some sort of like victory oh, tour throughout the country. Um, and, uh, they announced a stop in Ottawa oh. today. They're going to be taking on New Zealand at TD place on Saturday, October 23rd at 3 PM tickets go on sale, uh, pre-sales October 5th and on sale is October 6th. Don't you dare buy tickets before I do. Um, <laughs> but please go buy tickets after that. Uh, you're more than welcome to. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited for this. I have been losing my mind all day. I'm basically just going to be refreshing my browser between now and when pre-sale happens. Uh, I am here for this. There are other dates as well. Should you be listening from, uh, outside Ottawa? I saw at least Montreal. I know there's going to be other ones, so we will share those links around when it's time, but, uh, yeah, they're coming to TD place. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. Anything else rides? No, I think that about does it. There's a lot going on right now. Honestly, we didn't even get to NHL camps, but, uh, you know, it's been covered to death. And, uh, you know, we still got, it's weird, two weeks. Normally we start the week just before Thanksgiving. Now they're starting the week after Thanksgiving. It makes it feel far still, right? It's far, but but it's here. I know. Uh, it's, it's weird that it's here. I'm still like wrapping my head around that. Uh, on that note, we will wind things down. She is on Twitter and Instagram at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. You can find her craft beer takes, which are just pictures with some flavor notes, but it's very informative. Check it out. At Crafted in the Capital. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. I should mention quickly because I was going to forget on Monday, one way or another, I will be talking to Andrew Stoughton from the batflip.ca. The Blue Jays will either be reflecting on a season lost or gearing up for a playoff game things are i know i know it's a little tense um as we sit here on wednesday wrapping this up just before uh the leafs are going to play the sends in a preseason game although the leafs if we're being honest have basically sent the marlies up to uh to handle that uh but at the same way that i found myself watching the blue jays blow it on tuesday night uh seven two to the yankees instead of watching the red blacks I will be honed in on the Blue Jays again tonight instead of the hockey game, but uh, things are getting very, very tense there. So one way or another on Monday, I will speak to Andrew Stoughton. We'll either be teeing up a wild card game or uh, reflecting on just the shame that has clearly become us over the following uh, or the previous week, however you want to view that. So stick around for that on Monday. Until then, from Michaela Schreider, my name is Matt Robinson, and we will see you next time. Peace. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.